before we start this podcast, I just wanted to make a quick disclaimer. We are not scholars. We have not been to Bible school. We cannot take credit for the following opinions, ideas, or views, or historical facts. They are a combination of our own thoughts and thoughts of others that are way smarter and have worked much harder. We reference lexicons, commentaries, articles, sermons, and other educational videos and content to bring to you what we are going to share with you today. I will include all references in the description of this podcast as well as the year the content was posted. If we reference someone else's opinion, we will try to state their name and the year they spoke it because their opinion may not have been up to date from when we came across them. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I hope this episode blesses you as much as it blessed us recording it. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Disciples Quest. My name is Justin. I'm Will. And I'm Emily. And we're excited to bring you guys chapter 12 of Hebrews. Uh, Really excited to read this section. It's one of my favorite sections of Hebrews. A lot of good stuff packed into here. But before we get into Hebrews chapter 12, Emily, how was your week? My week was good. Um, Today... I got to see one of my friends, went to Sam's place again for the last time before they uh, closed and moved to a different location without all the books. But that was fun because me and her were starting to consider um, how we can start a Bible study together because uh, she's one of my friends who I used to work with at UGM. And uh, she also went to the same college that I did. So just (laughs) we have so much in common and we both work for ministries right now and um, we really want to have like a Christian community that's pretty solid with women, like to have a woman Bible study. So we were talking mm-hmm. about that and I'm just really excited in that way because it's like, yeah, we need more community and it's mm-hmm. uh, a good idea. That's awesome. Yeah. And, uh, today we went to, me and Will went to the, uh, young couples group, uh, that Walter and Chris also go to as like mentors. So we got to see them again today. Nice. Um, and yeah, for the listeners, um, if you haven't listened to our last episode with Walter and Chris, you really should because they're a great couple who have witnessed amazing things and have gone on mission trips. It's really nice to have that community at our church where there are a lot of young couples um, and we can yeah. have honest discussions and learn together about marriage and mm-hmm. just uh, be in that atmosphere has been really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those will probably be the highlights. Both happened today. <laughs> but yeah, otherwise, like working a lot and just, I don't know. Oh, uh, we had two friends come over yesterday. That was really fun. Um, yeah, getting to use our space at our apartment to entertain is always fun. So True. Very true. Yeah. William, want to mention anything that you've done this week? Uh, I was pretty busy. Like what Emily mentioned is basically the only interesting things that I was a part of. <laughs> I guess you could, might say like, I'm I'm taking some time off my second job though to um, figure out like how to better manage my busy lifestyle. Yeah. And if we if we come to a conclusion that it's not manageable, I guess I will drop my second job. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I mean time management is is important. It's hard for someone that has two jobs like yourself uh i actually know someone that has two full-time jobs and they have kids and a wife and everything and i wonder how they do it and then i look at them and say oh i don't know how they're making it because not to be rude but they look like they got hit by a truck like they are tired all the time yeah so hard and they're older too and i'm like so i ask like why do you do it and like oh you know i just want to pay off my mortgage as soon as i can i don't want to have to deal with this when i'm older and it's like okay that's fair but do you see your kids? No. It's like, mm. not really. It's like, well, 
Right. I mean, you're choosing that. Yeah. But yeah, no management of the time is definitely important. Mm-hmm. So I hopefully hopefully you'll uh, you'll get it figured out and the stress will go down a bit. And yeah, um, for with, sure. with what Emily said, that last podcast I really enjoyed. By the way, listening to um, super insightful. I thought it was really cool. Even their story of adopting the three kids. Mm-hmm. I thought about that, like when they were mentioning that the age levels. They were fourteen, I think they said, or t- thirteen, fifteen, and sixteen. And I'm like, wow. Like you, you, you skipped all of the um, the development years and going straight to like the hardest years yeah. that that it is to be a parent yeah. right away. That's, Couldn't imagine. And also, they impossible. didn't know English. Or not possible. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. like that. That's that would feel like an impossible job. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And then yeah. uh, all their missionary work is just mm-hmm. awesome. I could definitely hear their uh, strong relationship just with how they talk and yeah, yeah. for their, sure. Their their uh, their great example of faith. So mm-hmm. yeah, I really enjoyed it. So, Justin, how was your week? My week was up and down. I, I mean, I was sick pretty much all week. I mean, it's it mostly just a cold, but then, and I'm like, oh, I'm feeling better. So, Wednesday, I went to work, and then I woke up Thursday, and then I was like, oh, never mind. Got much worse. Hmm. It's one of those, I like to call it the man cold. A okay. lot of people like to call it that, where it just knocks you out. Every part of your body hurts. Hmm. What's funny you know. is that people use the word man code in order to poke fun at men but i use it unironically yeah me too i'm like yeah i get it i'm a baby <laughs> but yeah. uh so then i don't like calling in sick and it's also hard to do that as a manager because mm-hmm. you know you're kind of putting the, the group out of a manager which is hard um so thursday friday i wasn't at work uh but today i felt good i felt pretty good actually pretty much completely normal again so i went back to work today which was nice i'm getting prepared for next week i'll be gone uh in calgary yeah woot woot on a business trip, which is really cool that they're sending me out. They already said on another podcast, so getting excited for that. And tomorrow is my niece's second birthday, so I'm getting to celebrate <laughs> so my exciting. niece's second That's birthday. That's awesome. I bought her um, my favorite childhood book, which is well, probably everyone's favorite childhood book, Love You Forever. And you're going to say that. By Robert Because, yes, who doesn't have us their favorite? Yeah. I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. always. As long I'm as I'm living, living my, my baby, baby, you'll be. So good. I would love to get that book for when Will and I have kids because, like, it's such a classic. It's a classic. Yeah. Even reading it again, I hadn't read it since I was a kid. And I was like, dang, and pulling goes, on the heartstrings yeah. again. It goes through all of the stages of childhood and teenage yeah. years, too. Like, yeah, it's so good. And then it made me go on this weird, uh, like, rabbit hole of, of looking through all these old Robert Munch books that we have. And I'm like, oh, these are all classics. I read these all as a kid. Like, Paper Bag Princess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good stuff and uh and then i i was thinking about another book that i read it's i don't know if other people know but it was called the kissing hand and my mom would read it to me and then uh when i go to school it's basically this thing like when you get scared or you feel alone oh. which i felt scared mm-hmm. a lot at school she'd like kiss my hand and then and then tell me to hold on to it because i'm like i'm always with you kind of thing mm-hmm. when you get scared just look at your hand or something That's so when cool. i was scared just go look at my hand and feel like <laughs> that my mom was with me or something hmm um so i want to get that book too but anyways uh yeah i love having a niece and a nephew it's very fun they're such a joy to have and uh honestly any stress of the day i'm sure my brother feels like that when they're his own kids but you know you're a bit stressed or you know this week was blech also you go and see these little bundles of joy and you're like never mind these problems are stupid totally (laughs) and just kind of wipes it away so yeah that's (laughs) that's pretty much my week so last time we uh finished off uh, hebrews 11 so this time I'll be reading Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 13, and I'll be reading from the NESB. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every 
encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sins. You have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as, My son, do not regard lightly the dis- discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are hmm. nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good, Mm -hmm. so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems to be for the moment seems not to be joyful but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by it, afterwards it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Therefore, strengthen the hands that are weak, and the knees that are feeble, and make straight paths for your feet, so that the limb which is lame may not be put out of joint, but rather be healed. Okay. <clears throat> so I guess we should start at the beginning. Yes. Oh, I have so many notes about should. the first verse alone. Yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> Big section. Mm-hmm. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. That's a long verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so where it talks about therefore... So that's kind of telling us, okay, go back to 11 and think about that. (laughs) So in chapter 11, uh, we did three parts on that because it was so extensive about people of the faith, starting from Genesis and going to the New Testament about how all these people have been so faithful to God. So in that great cloud witnesses, we have all these people who were previously followers of God. Um, I've often heard of cloud of witnesses being like people that watch you, but I don't think that's a thing. I don't know. Well, I I also assumed it means like... Um, yeah, just people around you in your life that you want to demonstrate to the people that are watching you. Um, I assumed it was talking about the the great examples of faith that we just read mm-hmm. about in Hebrews no, 11. That's probably Yeah, that's it. what I was thinking. But because um, I've heard people mention like, oh, we have a cloud of witnesses watching us up in heaven. But it's like, do people in heaven look down on this world when up there is perfect? Like, you know what I mean? I've never really mm. know what to think about that. I think when I, when I when I read it say that we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, I don't think it means like they're actually like watching over us. I think it's like look at all these examples that mm-hmm. are laid out in front of you. Like I just laid out all of these examples. Now so all of it? these examples are surrounding should be surrounding yeah. your mind. I don't think it means like actually oh, surrounding you. Wait, mm-hmm. hold on. Maybe it means witnesses like a cloud of witnesses. Like they've witnessed basically oh. that you they witnessed um the gospel, like they all of them, mm-hmm. all of them have witnessed faith in God. Yeah. In that way. So this cloud of people that have done great by God and have witnessed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They, 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 we have so great a, a, a 
we have so great of a plethora of examples yes. of, of perfect. Definitely. Yes, I think that's what it's saying. Faith mm-hmm. to God, not perfect, but you know, faith to God. Yeah. Let us also be like them, lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I wrote down in my notes, um, just thinking about how I think it's like a figure a figurative representation, meaning that we ought to act as if they were in sight and cheering us on to the same victory in life of faith that they obtained. Um, because, yeah, just in that similar way, like, they came before us and they've pretty much, in addition to Jesus and, you know, how he provided, they kind of, like, laid groundwork, too, in how they followed God. So kind of t- going down that same path because the witnesses have already done that and we are following in that same, um, what would you say, like, belief system? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. And the other the other part that I, I like about this verse, for the people who don't know what encumbrance means, another word for that would be like a burden. Um, so lay aside every burden and the sin, which so easily entangles us. Mm-hmm. I specifically like the imagery of sin entangling us. I do too. Because as soon as I read that the first time, I don't know why, but the first thing I thought about was the rumor weed, VeggieTales, or Larry Boy episode. Mm-hmm. Because these people, the more and more they would lie, the more this vine, this weed would grow and eventually it entangled the person. Uh, so it's like the sin's entangling them. The vine was like wrapping around you. Yeah. Or another thing I thought about when sin entangling us would be like stepping in a quicksand. So if we don't give our sin to God, we can get trapped in it. Definitely. Yeah. The reason why I really like the imagery of entanglement, that doesn't even sound right, mm. of entanglement is because it's just, I picture like, yeah, like vines going around someone and like trapping them, like like that plant image. <laughs> and it just, I don't know, I think it's a very powerful image to think about how sin just drags you down. And once you get into it, it's hard to break out of that. Um, and I like repetition a lot because it shows <laughs> how um, important something is. At least mm-hmm. to yeah. me, I've noticed that. So the way he says, let us... Also lay aside every weight and the sin that is so easily so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Like I really like how it goes, let us, let us, and it goes again, let us, when it goes to uh, mm-hmm. verse two. Yeah. So it's kind of like an invitation to the reader, like, okay, you're one of us as a Christian, so let us do these things together. Um, mm-hmm. uh, That's good. Yeah. And the way it says to run with endurance really remind me of how... Hebrews chapter 6 verse 20 it talks about how Jesus is our forerunner so again that imagery of running a race how Jesus goes before us how we follow Jesus um I thought that was a cool connection from an earlier part of the chapter Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah it's good I really like this analogy myself because I'm a bit of a long distance runner um I did it in school a lot um like the 3000 meter and everything I like it because I just think about that like well what is endurance well, endurance means that you're in it for the long haul. You yep. need to learn to pace yourself. Well, it takes a lot of discipline. Definitely. To to have that endurance to run in a race. And uh, uh, it's not a sprint, right? You're not just going as hard as you can and then, oh, the race is over. Like, mm-hmm. No, this is a this is going to be a long race. And you're going to have to stay disciplined. And you have to keep your focus on God. Keep your focus on the reward. Mm-hmm. And like all the training it takes to actually run a marathon um, is very intense. So thinking about that in regards to how we need to 
be trained up in how to have our faith and how to mm-hmm. live justly and uh, act out like mercy and mm-hmm. following God is so important to like have, we have a training manual right before us in the Bible, which is yeah. um, such a good source of information. And we have God mm-hmm. as our, like our head coach, if we're going with the like running analogy. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's yeah. really cool to think about. Yeah. I think, um, I really like how the Bible, I mean, you know, this is literally all throughout the Bible. They have, like these visual like stories or parables or examples or, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like this to help get across like um, information and lessons, mm-hmm. um, these analogies. Yeah. And um, it's interesting because like the more you'd like dive into something like this, like, you know, running a race, like you what you guys are doing just now, you can extract like so much like, things that uh, can, can be can be compared to it and someone that like you said that does run for example you and i bet you that was probably a pretty common game back then oh yeah racing Definitely. so you know um you, the people can really just like imagine and visualize the amount of discipline it requires and be like oh that's what i need to be like yeah when it comes to doing this mm-hmm. oh, okay so they really can make a connection mm-hmm. there's always that one guy though that like you know that one person that doesn't believe in like god that atheist online is like, no, this analogy is terrible in the Bible because they'll find something wrong with the analogy. Yeah. And you're just like, okay, they'll well, the obviously. The way they want to. <laughs> well, yeah, they will, but or even the way the Bible wants to, but like, you know, no analogy is perfect, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to get across a point. They, someone paints an analogy to get across a point. Yes. It's like, of course, you can always go too deep into into it and segues off to another part of it and yeah. you're like okay well this mm-hmm. doesn't fit and it's like well of course yeah, yeah. that's not the point because yeah, when but. you're trying to explain heavenly matters it's hard to do that with earthly things yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. and one other part of this analogy that i wanted to even touch on too is well when i'm when i think about a long distance run i think about what am i thinking about as i'm running well i'm not necessarily thinking all i'm not always thinking about the finish line what i'm yeah. thinking is one more mile one more mile, Justin, you got it. Because I would just think about the finish line. I'm like, man, that's like 20 miles ahead. That's a long way. And then you you kind of do, get discouraged. You have to think about, you know what? When I make to that tree over there, then I'm going to push myself a little bit harder. And then when I get to that next tree, then I'm going to give myself a little bit of a break. I'm going to ease off a bit. And then I'm going to push myself again. You're always thinking about that next mile. But at the end of the day, you're still thinking about that finish line. And you want to p- keep pressing to that goal. Mm-hmm. So then I think about... Taking that analogy to the actual Bible here, well, what is that finish line? Well, to me, as just as a runner would fixate his focus on the finish line and on that next mile, our focus needs to be on Jesus. He is the finish line. He is our goal. And the goal is to per- try to perfect our faith as much as we can. And that end reward that you would get would be, well, you get to be in paradise with God. Mm-hmm. And you get to be forgiven of your sins. Salvation itself, I think, is a reward itself. So Yeah. And with this um, illustration of a runner, it reminded me of the verse in 2 Timothy 4, verse 7, that says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Hmm. Yep, that's good. That's, mm-hmm. yeah. So just like in Acts, uh, I believe Luke wrote Acts, uh, he said at uh, chapter 20, verse 24, um, but I do not consider my life of any account as dear to myself, so that I may finish my course or my race and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify solemnly of the gospel of the grace of God. 
So a couple different places in the New Testament. I think it's also in 1 Corinthians, and I think it's also in Galatians. Hmm. You see these analogies of a race, and they all kind of use that that trek of life of their self of of um, trying to perfect their faith and and the reward of salvation as a race so I, I i really like it as well yeah and it's a really easy picture to understand yeah and i think that's i think it's a good thing i think it, it's uh it's digest it's digestible mm-hmm. but it's not oversimplified if yeah. that makes sense it's not Definitely. boring okay i guess we go to the next verse fixing our eyes on jesus the author and perfecter of faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just like the cloud of witnesses, Jesus is also in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God. Um, so he's mm-hmm. another figure that we can look up to and um, take examples from because he is Jesus. He was perfect. He still is perfect and is still at work. Even though he is in heaven, he's um, part of the Godhead, three in one, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's all connected and Jesus is still alive and doing things today. Yeah. What well, what do you think fixing our eyes on Jesus talking about the race, right? I guess it's kind of like how when you're running, you have to fix your eyes on the goal. You have yeah. to keep focused on the goal. And that's kind of what I guess the picture they're trying to paint here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually reading this fixing our eyes was where I got that analogy I just talked about of like, you know, staying focused on what I'm on the next mile or on that goal on that nice. finish line. That's where I got it was the fixing our eyes part. Mm-hmm. Turn <clears throat> your eyes upon Jesus. Yeah. So for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame. And I sat down on the right hand of the Lord of God. How? So in, in that sense, I mean, Jesus already won that race basically. <laughs> like he, he took that and he, he 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 ran that race and he won it and he is sitting now as the he is a perfect example of how we should live our lives. So if that's if that if Jesus won that race, think of him as like I don't know all time world record. No yeah. one would ever touch his record. But okay, that's what I want to go towards. I want to be that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a really good way to put it, eh? Yeah, is that he's got the whole time world record, and even though we can't get there. We're supposed to try anyways. Yeah. yeah. Just run as hard as, as hard as you can. Like when you're running a race, you run as hard as you can. Even though maybe you might even know what you can't win because the person that's in front of you is too far ahead, you still go as hard as you can. You still yeah. try mm-hmm. to beat them even though maybe you know you won't. Yeah. You don't give up. Yeah. It There's reminds too much me of at stake. how, mm-hmm, like in large running competitions, like for the Olympics or whatever, right? Those people trained really hard. And even if they don't get the gold, it's still a very proud thing that they're able to be at the top, right? Like be representing their country. And I think um, in a similar way, we need to keep on running and be representatives of God, of the faith, and show people like, yes, it is possible for us to keep on going. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that just came to my head was, um, how passive righteousness is something that's often mentioned in the Bible, I believe, especially in, um, Proverbs. Like there was a lot of talk about how, uh, like wisdom and how going down paths of righteousness is like the way that we should be going, not being foolish and all that. And it, I feel like if we are running the race, we are on that path of righteousness. Like Jesus was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The first time I thought you said passive righteousness. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I've never heard that phrase before. You know, passive righteousness. 
So how can we apply this to our lives today? Mm. So let's just say you're working um, average life today. You know, you're working your nine to five. You're surrounded with a culture of ungodliness, something that was very familiar to the disciples back then. And uh, you read this passage and you're like, man, how can I apply this to my life today? Well, what I'd say is maybe a part I didn't quite mention yet, which is, well, I'm not this race that we keep talking about, right? It's going to be hard, but we have to remember on a day-to-day basis that we're not alone in this, Mm -hmm. that Jesus is guiding us and Jesus is giving us strength to keep pressing on towards that goal because there are going to be times where it's going to be really, really difficult and you're going to go through trauma, you're going to go through heartache and pain, which I'm going to get to later on in this verse Mm -hmm. when we talk about discipline. But God's right there with you. Jesus is right there with you, guiding you and and giving you strength. Um, You have to seek him though and you have to stay focused on that. So I would apply that in those times where it's tricky and in the times where it's good. You need to to fixate your eyes on Jesus like it said and you need to seek him for guidance because you're not going to be able to find the strength without Mm -hmm. him. Mm Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes fixed on the goal. Yeah. And I think another good, uh, when you're talking about that, Justin, I was thinking also about how in the Bible, it often mentions the need for community and how I feel like in addition to following Jesus, we also need people around us if God so gives us other strong Christians. Mm -hmm. I know for some people that's not, um, depending on where you are in the world and in your life, you might not have a lot of Christian friends or influences in your life. But for those that do, it's uh, it's an amazing thing it's when you helpful. actually get to have friends, mentors, get to be part of a church community because then you can hold each other accountable and you yeah. can run that race together. So you can yeah. encourage each other. And I feel like having that Christian community is so important to staying strong in the faith too because if you are questioning things if you're having a hard time you can turn to those yeah. people and you know continue on i was just thinking that when you're um if you begin to doubt something or whatever yeah and you begin to question it and you run it by them they can be like oh no well, well here's what you know someone else that might have experienced it already that has answers or something like that is very very helpful yeah so. and you know what <clears throat> i thought about that recently and i, I, was, I was talking to my friend because uh i have a friend who unfortunately has had uh a bad run of friends, friends mm-hmm. that haven't actually really cared too much and have been very, rather selfish. Yeah. So I was describing him, my two closest friends, William being one and then my other friend Jacob being the other. And the reason why they're so important to me, I was laying out many, many reasons, but I said one of the most important things that I look for in a friend is someone that can keep me accountable. Because mm-hmm. I said, I need someone that can call me out on my bull when I'm saying things that I shouldn't. Right. If I'm if I'm doing something I shouldn't, I need someone to look at me and say, Justin, what are you doing? You need to stop. That's an important thing, accountability. So I said, that's something that you need to look for in somebody. But I said, you also need someone that is going to encourage you mm-hmm. and that's going to put it in a loving way. But I said, you also need someone that's going to build you up. And I, I told him, I'm like, look, like, I don't know if you know much Christians besides me, but I said, I think a Christian friend is something that you should look for because they're going to be someone that can maybe instill um, some of God's love and some truth. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm willing to be that if you need. And he actually said, yes. So I'm going to be a, a, a I'm going to try to be a, a friend to him, but I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> but you had mentioned uh, community. community. So yeah, yeah, community is extremely important because 
maybe you're okay without it. I know there are going to be the the few people out yeah. there that can live their whole life being a strong Christian and have that strength and have the faith mm-hmm. and the boldness to be able to get through it mm-hmm. without it. I, but not everyone can. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, also. Well, I was I would say the same about me. Like having you, you've pointed out so many cracks and like um, <laughs> flaws in my my character. Exactly, like you've called it out when. I was doing or saying something wrong, and even though we usually fight about it at first, <laughs> we eventually get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps, and it's grown me a lot. So yeah, I also thanks. think your your character and uh, just how kind you are to people is a big has been a big inspiration for me. Mm-hmm. So well, thank you. I, I think, the, and it's always important to know this. And I think maybe a, no matter what happens when you get told something you don't want to hear, when I know when you have said it to me or when J- Jacob has said it to me, I'm like. That kind of hurts because I didn't realize I was doing mm-hmm. that or I did realize, but I didn't want to admit it. So then I remember my first reaction is usually denial. And I'm like, no, that's actually <laughs> yeah. not how I'm di- thinking about it. This mm-hmm. is how I'm thinking about it, even though I know they're right. Yeah. That's just how it is for me, like, too. Oh, shoot, you know, it's, that is true. But it's important that it was said. It needed to be said. And some the people that aren't that close probably won't be willing to say it if they notice yeah. it because it's awkward. Definitely. That's where it's important to have that fellowship especially as christians Mm -hmm. because we have a standard that we should try to live by right and that's the standard we're talking about in this verse is that we want to try to perfect our faith as much as possible we Mm -hmm. want jesus being that great example we want to be as close to that as we can yeah and if we see our friend falling off course are we not to try to pick them up and and help them along with that race if i'm if i'm running a race and i don't know if how many guys have seen that video of um the guy that was running and i think he like Oh, yeah. uh, sprained his ankle or tore a muscle in his leg and then his dad comes out on the track and, and pulls him all the way across. Very emotional moment. Mm-hmm. It's like, are we not to do that to our fellow brothers and sisters? We see them stumbling. Or yeah. should we not pick them up? Yeah, and I feel like how the Bible even talks about like marriage and how we shouldn't be unequally yoked, I feel like that also plays a big part in how Christians need to run the race together. Because if you're married to someone who's not on the same path as you, religiously, spiritually, it can like really bring you down. Um, and I feel like being married to Will has been something that has encouraged me to be even stronger in my yeah. faith. Like we've um, had a lot to go through already in our seven months, but yeah, we are definitely turning to God in a lot of ways more than we would have if we were uh, still single. My marriage has helped me understand my relationship with God and my relationship with God has helped me understand my marriage. <laughs> yeah. It's well, like little things. So after I got married, um, it started to greatly improve my relationship with God, because like I said, it the, the, there's a positive feedback loop that happened and it allowed me to, um, and I, I think probably most like, um, like I'm, I don't know, like a lot of Christians probably don't even need to get married to experience all, any of this, but when there's something that might seem like a bad thing, they might thank God for the good that's in the bad thing that happens, where mm-hmm. other people would be like, well, we, you know, they'd just be complaining about it. Yeah. And that seems like, you know, a stereotypical, like, kind of cheesy, corny thing that Christians do mm-hmm. or whatever. It's like, what's the value in it? When you start doing it, it it, it really changes your, like, um, attitude throughout the day and your perspective. It's like thanking God yeah. for the little things throughout your day. Yeah. So important. You're totally right. I remember the first time that that came across my play was when I heard a sermon from Francis Chan. Hmm, okay. Or no, it was, sorry, it wasn't Francis Chan. It was Nabil Qureshi. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to a lady that had this um, physical ailment. And he said, anytime when I was a Muslim that I didn't know what to pray for, I would look down at my 10 fingers and think, here's 10 things to pray for right here. Mm-hmm. As soon as I heard him say that, I'm like, what? 
Uh, I guess. But also, yeah. the more I thought about it, I'm like, that's actually really deep. Because I'm like, man, I am lucky. I don't, God didn't promise me that I'd have five, ten fingers. Sorry, not five. God <laughs> didn't promise me I'd have ten fingers. He didn't mm-hmm. promise me that the, he didn't promise that the sun would raise today. Yeah, That would sure. rise today. Like, none of this was promised to us, but he's giving to us. Mm-hmm. Even the fact that, huge. like, right now, I know I've heard, I've seen this in churches before, but <sighs> they get everyone to breathe. Thank God for that. And I remember hearing that when I was younger, and I, I'm like, all right, I guess so. The, m- the older I get, <laughs> yeah. the more I understand that. Totally. Yeah, it's awesome. And like, even like the the thing that really got me was the whole someone saying that, like, marriage is self sacrifice. Living for your spouse at the expense of yourself all the time, and uh, the most important relationship after God, right? And that's what Christianity is. And living trying to figure out how to you know do the, do the marriage thing right mm-hmm. um gave me a deeper understanding through experience of what my relationship with god is supposed to be like and it's grown my faith mm-hmm. so like the feeling um and other than that like, I, I mean aside from that emily is just like amazing and she always has such a strong faith in the lord for um Whereas, like, for me, it's like I always have to have a plan for everything. I have to think 10 steps ahead. But she's had faith in God when God has guided her where I'm like, at first I thought that was crazy. But then when things just kept happening at the right moments mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have expected, like, that doesn't make any sense. And then it's like, okay, well, it was just a fluke. And then it keeps happening. You're like, okay. <laughs> it's So it's, yeah. um, she's always had such a strong faith in God. It's how she's lived. And so for her, that's normal. But for me, that was... Um, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. I, I just didn't. I, I guess I've never experienced like that. So anyway, mm-hmm. so yeah. Anyway, marriage, good, good stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd say like if your if your spouse hadn't made you grow in your faith at all, I'm not sure if if that was the right thing. Like they should, they should be pushing you in your faith, and you mm-hmm. should see change mm-hmm. in a good way. Yeah, in each other. Yeah, because mm-hmm. so. the 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 strengths that they have might rub off on you, and those aren't your strengths. And now you can kind of learn from them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Verse three says, for consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and your hearts give up. So when I read that, consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself. Yeah, I mean, I read that and just think, yeah, people were hostile to him. Mm-hmm. They spat on him. They ridiculed him. They tormented him. And then they killed him. Um, yeah. What was his response to those people? Well, right before he died, he said, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Mm-hmm. So in this moment of great sorrow and pain, he had love for them. So consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself so that you will not grow weary and lose mm-hmm. heart. So think about that. Think about through that suffering, through that pain, he still showed love to them. Because, I mean, the Bible is very clear that we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. Mm-hmm. So in those moments of of pain, consider that guy who, you know, that guy Jesus, you know, in the Bible. I think he went through a little bit more pain than you probably did. He also bore all of the sins of all of humanity on his shoulders. Right. So yeah, we should live like that. I mean, once again, impossible standard, but a standard we have to try to. All the examples in the first verse and like him being the ultimate example, right? Mm-hmm. So, all I mean, all the examples that were being referred to, but 
in the first verse. Anyway. Yeah, I love how Hebrews continues to tie itself together so perfectly. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think we need to keep Jesus at the center of all that we do. So by considering him and what he's done, we can then like uh, yeah. not become weary and not give up. Because if we keep Jesus at the center, we continue to be motivated by what he went through and by what he taught. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Verse four. For you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood in your striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which is addressed to you as sons. And we'll read that after. So you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. So I basically, put a question mark for you that one. okay? <laughs> oh, so what? What I'm thinking is like he's basically saying that like you know you probably suffered. There was persecution and stuff. You probably lost things, but you haven't died for your faith yet. Yeah, that's what I was. That's what I read. Yeah, exactly. So Christ shed His blood for us. Mm -hmm. They're saying you haven't. Yeah, exactly. Resisted um, to the point of of shedding blood. And the evidence of that is you're alive to read it, mm -hmm. this, this passage. To say so. not yet, does that mean that we're going to? No, I think it's just because at the time, a lot of Christians were persecuted and killed for their faith. Mm -hmm. So he's saying, well, you guys that I'm talking to, these guys, these people that are doubting, that aren't, you know, because he's speaking to these people that are uh, converts probably from, from Judaism to Christianity. So he's pe the people he's talking to, he's like, you guys haven't actually resisted to the point of shedding blood and you're striving against sin, mm -hmm. but you have forgotten these core tenets of Christianity, basically. And then he lays them out in this next part. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor faint when you are reproved by him. For those whom the Lord loves, he disciplines, and he scourges every son whom he receives. Yeah, so that's a quote from Proverbs. Mm -hmm. This guy is backing up everything of Scripture. This guy. The way a pastor should. I assume it was a guy. Oh, well, you're talking because Emily just said something. Multiple like, this guy. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm referencing the author oh, okay. of Hebrews. Yeah, he does it all the time. Yeah, yeah, which is, you know, what he needs to do to get his point. Yeah. Yeah, so when I flipped my Bible back while making notes to check out what this verse was in Proverbs, I read the entire uh, chapter 3 to get the context. So I like to read... Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 1 to 12, just so that we see um, what that was in this book. <laughs> it, so in my Bible, I'm reading from the MEV, and the section is titled, The Rewards of Wisdom. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your hearts keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace will they add to you. Do not let mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart, so you will find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your bodies and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruits of all your increase." So your barns will be filled with plenty, and your presses will burst out with new wine. My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father the son in whom he delights. Mm. 
That's really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh, I can't talk too much about that. I could say so much about that, <laughs> even that first section. Um, yeah, that's really good. Mm-hmm. And that's like part of that passage is something I feel like has been quoted a lot <laughs> in Christianity, like yes. trust in the Lord of all your heart. Um, yeah. So I think reading that, I feel is something that um, I'm not sure what the context is like who this is written for, but just thinking about someone talking to a son and about how, well, like you need to pay attention to what the Lord has said and you trust mm-hmm. in him, like giving that wisdom, passing it down to another generation is what I'm picturing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it reminds me of how in Hebrews, like whoever wrote Hebrews is passing down what he or she has learned and just mm-hmm. um, we're still reading that and we're still needing to learn these things. And yep. um, just knowing that the Lord loves us, even though he corrects us like mm-hmm. any good father would. We're supposed to uh, follow his direction and how it mentions like he will direct your paths, like thinking about how we're on that race. We're going with God and it's okay because he's got us and he's the one that makes us wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And we have to also remember, too, that he I don't know, like this this first part keeps coming back to me in five. It says you've forgotten. I think because he's talking to these people. Right. So, like, I think sometimes we we forget the basic things about God Mm -hmm. that one he's in control over us and our circumstances right in all of our ways acknowledge him and he will guide our paths trust in the Lord of all your heart I think we forget that he's saying in every circum in every circumstance he has he's in power he there's power in prayer we can't forget that Mm -hmm. um and the fact that the situation that you might be in is bad doesn't mean that he's abandoned you I think a lot of people think that that mm-hmm. when the situation gets bad, they go, well, where's God? Well, you know what? I heard a quote from a song, a Christian song, a rap, actually. And I heard it, and it's always stuck with me. And it said, sometimes we need to experience pain hmm. in order to appreciate not being in it. That's so good. Yeah. Who wrote that one? Uh, that would have been KB. Hmm. Uh, he's a part of Reach Records. So... I heard that line and I'm like, oh, dang, that's good. Because once you're in pain, then you understand what that's like. And then you appreciate when you're not in it anymore Mm -hmm. and how much strength you got from that situation. And it prepares you for future incidents of pain as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I was going to say that it's interesting because I thought about that a a little bit. And I think like I've, I've actually heard people argue against or use that as a reason for why God can't be real yeah i've heard that mm-hmm. too because they're like it's well like, why does god let bad things happen well just yeah. the no that we say god puts us through pain mm-hmm. maybe make us stronger or maybe help enrich our lives by making us appreciate things more they may say that god is a cruel sadistic person by you know well he's torturing us in order to discipline us or torturing us in order to um make us stronger quote-unquote or help us to you know if any human being were to do that to another human being we would say he's evil Mm -hmm. so why not god and i guess i thought about that i i I don't know like maybe my response isn't the best but i i guess what i would say is that this is not a person though and that's the difference it's this is the master of the universe and if he thinks that the quality of our life is going to be better if he can see all factors and know that it's better for us in the long run to have us suffer in some way, then I trust him. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and yeah. even if it's not better for us, maybe it's better for someone else or better for the ultimate good mm-hmm. for everyone. Yeah. I still trust them. That's like, I, I think, I don't know. I don't think people are weird. They, they say that, or not people. I mean, I think but uh, uh, trying to compare him to another human being that, you know, tortures another human being, I just don't think it's a very good comparison because you you can't because there are so many things that that leaves out in order to try to make that comparison. Mm-hmm. There's too many things that leaves out that are too important to the context of how God or why God would um, put something, someone through something that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the funny thing about what you said too, and I heard this, I think it was Jeff Durbin said it in a debate against an atheist and he was saying the exact question you asked is, you know, how could a God allow that to happen? And then he gave his reasonings and he's like, well, now let me ask you, here's my reasonings. So as an atheist, what's your explanation as to why evil things happen to good people? And he's like, you have to do this. You ne- People, the atheists are always the ones asking the questions, ask the same questions back to them and they won't have an answer. So he's like, okay, well, why does evil happen to good people? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it just, just happens, I guess. So he didn't have an answer either, but mm-hmm. that's a whole other topic. But right. yeah. ask well, them, what's which, your reasoning? They yeah. spend so much energy on questioning and criticizing um, the Christian religion. They have their own religion, by the way. Oh, yeah. It's just a different religion. They put mm-hmm. their faith somewhere else. Well, it can't be a religion because it's but a lack of a belief of God. They don't look at their own religion with the same amount of scrutiny. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so as soon as you question them, like if you seem to put the, the burden of proof back. on them about their worldview, it, they're just like, right. what's your answer for evil uh, happening yeah. to good people? They usually don't ask one. But anyways, that's mm-hmm. another topic. Yeah. And that I'm thinking back to the verse about the race again and just picturing athletes and how there's that saying, it's kind of corny, but no pain, no gain. It's like yeah. if you experience pain, you are getting stronger. You are learning things that you need to know. Like you need mm-hmm. to have that pain where to get past that so you can come better at running or mm-hmm. something else, whatever. But yeah. it's like a similar I don't think thing. you're really well prepared for something if all you've ever had is a pampered life and like everything was perfect mm-hmm. and there was nothing wrong. It's like, yeah, I don't know. And I think as, I think as soon as something bad does happen, then you're just, sh- your faith is shattered because yeah. you weren't prepared. But um, yeah. So anyways, moving on to seven, because uh, I know you mentioned the father thing and this, this next section kind of goes into that. So. It is for discipline that you endure. God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Mm -hmm. Furthermore, we had earthly fathers to discipline us, and we respected them. Shall we not much rather be subject to the father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as seemed best to them, but he disciplines us for our good, so that we may share his holiness. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have trained by it afterwards, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness. Mm-hmm. Man, so, that's good. <laughs> yeah, really good stuff there. So actually, as soon as I got to this section, I was like, Dad, come over here. Because <laughs> I was like, I want to run by this verse with you. And I, wanted, I want you to tell me your thoughts. You know, you being a dad and all. And um, he loved this section, obviously. So my notes are kind of like in combination with his thoughts. But w- what I was thinking is 
that first fun. If it is for discipline that you endure, God deals with you as his sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a role of a father. Mm-hmm. I heard an analogy from a video I watched le- recently, but he's saying, when I put my kids to bed, I'm basically the corrections officer. <laughs> and I go down the hallway with my baton on the on the, on the the jail going, tink, 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 tink. Hitting them saying, oh, are all your phones away? Is there contraband in here? Hello? Like, but a father's role is to discipline their children. And I remember many times when I was disciplined, I was like, this doesn't make sense. I thought you said you loved me. Why am I getting punished? <laughs> and because, of, I mean, the child's brain is just not complex enough to understand yeah. why they're getting punished. But I didn't understand how that was loving to to say something or to do something that hurt or that made me feel bad. Which was more just, you know, confronting my sin and confronting mm-hmm. what I did was wrong. Oh, but, yeah, timeouts. <laughs> yeah, but that's actually the most loving thing that someone could do. Like, remember, we we're talking a little bit earlier about how, as friends, we hold each other accountable. Mm-hmm. Well, as a father, he's holding his son accountable to his sin. And in the moment, it might hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But that is the most loving thing he can do. Yeah, I definitely. Think. Like, a father's job is to discipline their son or their daughter when they do wrong. But it's not like, to wag your finger at them and, and flex mm. your tyrannical control over them. Yeah, and it's not abuse. It's not abuse. It's love. Now, and it it may seem bad because as a kid that hurts. Uh, but honestly, it's because the truth is hard to hear. And it's often uncomfortable mm-hmm. to be confronted uh, with your falsehoods and your mistakes. Yeah, yeah. and like when kids are like, you're a mean daddy or whatever, right? Yeah. It's like, uh. Well, it's because you're getting called out and mm-hmm. nobody needs to happen in order for you to grow. Yeah, I wonder, I kind of wonder, like, where's the line crossed from punishment to abuse? And I think it's, the line is, punishment is, uh, like, because both are sort of inflictions of temporary suffering, right? Mm -hmm. But I think punishment or discipline done right is um, temporary suffering that's beneficial for them in the long term, so it's good for them, Mm -hmm. right? And then uh, torture or... um, abuse would be where it becomes unhealthy right so I, I used to think it was oh when it was like with mean or sadistic intent i'm like well no someone could still have good intent but just be twisted enough to yeah. where they're abusing Step their kid over the line okay so then i think it would say where it's no it's no longer beneficial anymore it's hmm. it's um unhealthy so discipline and punishment is healthy and abuse and torture would be mm-hmm unhealthy for them well it's like people say if you hit your kid you're teaching your kid to hit like things like that right Mm -hmm. so yeah a father or mother obviously but i think i do believe that in my opinion the father and mother have very very important roles but very different roles and i think discipline is something that more father takes on um where the mother's more the loving caring side of it um obviously both should i think both should be involved in both of those things but i think more often than not the father is usually the one who disciplines the child Mm. um but i look at the times where i was disciplined and first of all i look back and go uh yeah i deserved each time Mm -hmm. because i did wrong i lied i was angry i had a temper i you know pushed somebody or i i remember time i threw a hockey stick at my brother Mm. because i was angry at him it chipped his tooth and my parents took me aside and said, I mean, they didn't even have to explain it to me. I knew why that was wrong. But there are times where they explained it to me why that was wrong and why I shouldn't do that. And they would say things like, not only did you hurt them, mm-hmm. not only did you hurt us, because I know you are I know you can do better than that, but you also hurt God's feelings. And I remember 
not his feelings, but you know, I remember them saying like, you know, Jesus cries. Jesus is not happy when you sin. That's not something mm. he wants you to do. And that always, that always made an impact on me. Yeah. And because just like the verse says, right? Like how much more does it mean to to, to God when he disciplines us? Because he only, he's only doing it for our good. Just like our, fa- our earthly father, they're disciplining us for our good. But God's standard is even higher than that. Yeah. And it's like you need discipline to grow. Like if you baby your kid too much and like God doesn't baby you, he wants to uh, train you and give you the tools that you need. So just thinking about how some people might be like, oh, I can't discipline my kids because um, that makes me like a dictator or whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like there needs to be some kind of balance that you find in parenting. But that's like a whole other topic to get into. Yeah. I mean, I know. I mean, I've, I'm sure people listening have, have seen the kids, you know, like, I mean, I just think of like the iPad kids, right. That just sit there and and pick their nose and just sit on their iPad all day and are just like, they get everything they ever yeah. want and there's no discipline. It's like, at one point, the kid's going to need to know to smarten up and to act their age. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, you do it in a loving way, but it still needs to be said at some point. And yeah. how right. am I going to say it? I'm, I don't know. I'm not a father yet. I'll, I'll have to figure that out. <laughs> but it's out of love. And that's why it has to be done. And, and I'm very blessed to the fact that I, I got raised in a home where I knew that that was out of love. Mm-hmm. And it was told to me that it was out of love. Even though I didn't understand it at the moment, I was like, how does how is that love when I don't feel good inside? Mm-hmm. But later on, uh, when I was older, I w- looked back and thought, oh, actually, they were completely right about that. <laughs> that was out of love. Wow. Mm-hmm. Verse 10 stood out to me in how it says, for they indeed uh, disciplined us for a short time according to their own judgment, but he does so for our profit that we may partake in his holiness. And I think that mm-hmm. shows, like, that's a great reason. That's reason enough yeah. to listen to God and heed his discipline because he disciplines his disciples in order for them to have knowledge and uh, to, you get to be with God forever if you follow him. And I just think that's, like, reason enough right there. Like, partake in his holiness. Like, that's so, like, a profound image that we mm-hmm. get to partake with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like the part, too, where it says they disciplined us for a short time as seemed the best to them because mm-hmm. parents aren't perfect. I remember hearing at one time uh, one of my parents, uh, they had disciplined me. And then, like, I think I think what ended up happening was that in that scenario, I, I just I just happened to be right about something and they didn't realize. So then they looked at me and said, you know, like, sorry, Justin, this is our first time parenting. I don't know. Everyone's every parent is kind of their first time parenting. Mm-hmm. But I thought about that. I was like, "Oh, I guess so." Hey, like you're doing the best you can. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're gonna make mistakes too. So that's why I think I like where it says, you know, mm-hmm. like as as best seem to them. But that's where the the the, the comparison's good because well, God is not just what best as what best seems to him. He knows what's yeah, best for us. Definitely, he knows exactly what's best for us, and that reward that we get to have is salvation. We get to be saved from those sins. It's not just, you know, he's disciplining, like, here's here's the punishment for your sin, and that's it. It's like, no, here's a gift that I can give to you. Accept it. This is my son who, who laid his life down for you. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do is accept that gift and follow me all the days of your life. So yeah. that's that reward that we get. It kind of gives me chills just thinking about that. 100%. Mm-hmm. Me too. Yeah. Ending this section, verses 12 and 13 say, Therefore, lift up your tired hands and strengthen your weak knees. Make straight the paths for your feet, lest 
that which is lame go out of joint, but rather be healed. Mm. Yeah. We are weak, but we become stronger in Christ as we walk along the straight paths of righteousness before us that he um, directs us on. We can stay on that path as disciples of Christ, be healed and blessed in your relationship that you have and faith in God. So yeah, that's just notes I had that I wanted Mm -hmm. to read off. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. It's telling us to be strong in the Lord and be confident. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Mm -hmm. The punches will come and, uh, you know, right? Like it's saying, strengthen the hands that are weak and the knees that are feeble. Yeah, you know what? We need God to be able to stand tall knowing that like we have an awesome God, honestly. And he will get us through the hard times even if uh, if it doesn't seem like there's an end to them sometimes. Mm-hmm. When I say get us through, I don't mean that it means that the life is just going to be, you know, like sunshine and rainbows after that. Uh, that's not really promised ever. But so it doesn't mean it'll be pretty. But we know that with our God, we don't need to fear. Right. We don't have to be afraid that God is going to be there to guide us and to strengthen us. And if we if we uphold him and and put him first and stay disciplined like it was saying that we will be able to see one day we if our have if our earthly lives are nothing but torture i mean think about it we, we have a pretty lucky here there are christians that get murdered because they believe in christ and they're on their knees begging for their life and they get killed yeah. do you not think that they're that they have a, a strong enough faith that they thought you know what, like this is this is the end of my life but yeah i'm still gonna not deny my faith mm-hmm that's more than just punches coming, right? <laughs> like, yet they know that they have an awesome God and that they don't have to fear death because they will be with him one day in paradise. Definitely. When it talks about limbs, do you think it ta- it's talking about the phys- the physical body or just the spirit or both? Um, make straight paths for your feet so that the limb, which is lame. I'm assuming so since it just mentioned the knees and the hands, right? That the limb... Oh, but the limb is italicized. I mean, I'm assuming it's an analogy as well, right? So, like, mm-hmm. weak knees and, and weak hands. Yeah, because well, your hands might not be weak in that, reality. That won't get you far. But with God, he will strengthen that, right? Like, so he'll he'll straighten you up and you'll, with God, like I said, you'll have that confidence, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when, when people that walk confidently walk with a very straight back. Yeah. And uh, that's kind of what God can do for you, right? He can... He can bring you out of misery, and it's a, it's a like the example of um, Quasimodo, uh, the hunchback of Notre Dame. Like mm-hmm. that looks like someone who's miserable. He's hunched over, but someone who's confident stands strong and mm-hmm. and straight. So, in that sense, I mean, God is that thing that that puts those joints into place and strengthens our hands, as an analogy, right? Like He's giving us the tools to be able to to get through these problems. So. Um, that strength that God gives us can help us through these hard times, like I mentioned. So the verse that I think of is Psalms 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, mm-hmm. they comfort me. They, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yeah. So... Yeah, like, good life isn't promised. Like, I mean, look at all the suffering that Christians have had in the past. So if people try to sell you on that, that Christianity makes your life better, 
I think it gives you, I think it makes your life better in the sense that it gives you meaning and it gives you fulfillment and it gives you, I mean, sal- salvation is given to you by Christ. So in that sense, like the best meaning that could ever happen to you happens to you because of Christianity. But it doesn't mean that the life on earth will be better, mm. but your life after that is what's going to be perfect because you get to be pure and holy and you get to be living in paradise with God. Yeah. And that's eternal. Like what we yeah. have right here is such a small so part. Yeah. Yes. Being part of the Christian faith or being a Christian still enriches your life in the midst of suffering. So. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And if, if God can get all these people that we read in Hebrews 11 through these hard times, how much more could he get us through our hard times? Because mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but ours don't really compare. Right. I mean, maybe some of you out there do, mm-hmm. but mine don't. So if God, mm-hmm. if God can do that, how much more could he, could he get me through my problems? I don't have to fear. Because I have a God that is all powerful and and all loving, and will will give me the strength to make it through if I if I pursue Him. Mm-hmm. In Rome, they were literally like lighting Christians on fire to light the streets in Rome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we watched. Uh, They're still doing that today, actually. Boko Haram in uh, Nigeria. They're mm-hmm. still burning Christians alive. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they, you, would, they had these big posts. Actually, I'll let Emily talk about it. If you watch the movie Paul, Apostle of Christ, they show that in there how, like, they're just really? like, people are lit up in the streets. Yeah. It's like human torch. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. They would they have these posts along the streets and they would tie the Christians up to it and they would pour stuff on them to basically make their bodies burn and they'd light them. And, wow. And then that's so, so nuts. I can't yeah. even. And so, I like, know. Paul, for me, it's unimaginable. I can't um, even picture that. Yeah. Right? So like when uh I don't I forget who it was. Luke? Uh I think it was Luke. Luke went when he came to see Paul to that part of the city, he looked up and he saw black bodies all along the streets of Rome just mm-hmm. on fire because yeah. they were just burned to a crisp. The movie is like an interpretation of the Bible. Like it adds a lot to the story, but it like takes historical context and all of that. It's just mm. to think about what they would have seen and mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, that's that's powerful stuff. Um, this section of Hebrews was extremely powerful, and mm-hmm. obviously, with the length of this episode, uh, we got a lot from it, and I'm I'm okay with it being a little bit longer because. But, but yeah, uh, it was all a really good discussion. I enjoyed really getting into those verses. Um, like even though it's like a couple of words, there's so much you can take out of it, and I love yeah. how so many verses in the Bible are like that. And like even if you read it again, and just new things come out to you, um, the word is living. Yeah. Amen. All right. Uh, I guess we'll uh, do a quick prayer, and then we'll conclude the reading for today. God, thank you that we're able to have this podcast and. Uh, I pray that you bless those who are listening to this episode and that um, you speak to them this week. And as they read their Bibles, God, let them see new things that they haven't seen before and just bless them in that. For those out there who are parents, God, I pray that you direct them in the ways that they need to be disciplining their children, but also doing it through love. God, you are the perfect example of how to be a good father, a good friend. Um, a person who looks out for us and we thank you for that you that you're the perfect model you're the perfect sacrifice you're everything that's perfect god and help us as we walk along the paths that we're on that you would um show us the direction that you want us to go and that you will help us to um 
Help us to follow your teachings and to apply them to our life, God. Thank you so much that you are looking out for us and that you care about us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 That's all I have time for the day, guys. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We also have social media accounts as well. We have YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We also have a website, disciplesquest.net, where Emily posts her blog every second Wednesday, so be sure to check that out. There's a contact form there as well where you can use to reach out to us on. You can also reach out to us on the various social media accounts that I've already mentioned. And if you'd like to support this show, we have a Patreon account. And speaking of which, shout out to our Patreon subscribers, Brandon, Darlene, and Philip. Thank you so much for giving. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And may God guide you on your quest to become better disciples. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.